Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! I have missed you so much. I just want to start that off. I'm like giddy. I'm very giddy. I'm so happy to see your face. (laughs) For everyone that's confused about our unbridled excitement, Rachel and I are back together after... Oh, you know, just a casual over 10 days of not really seeing each other. And we're back, babies. So this is Royally Obsessed, for anyone who doesn't know. And we're bringing you all the royal news the past two weeks. We had a fun royal content episode last week to go over all the things we're excited for in TV, movies, books, etc. Rachel, it's so good to see your face. How are you? I'm good. Before we catch up, I do want to tease what we're going to be talking about this. Yeah, what did I miss this week? I mean, everything. I thought the royals were supposed to be sleepy while we were away. We scheduled it, Um, but they were not. We are going to be reminiscing about Princess Diana's wedding, Harry and Meghan in New York City when we weren't there. Why does that happen? I was so bummed. I was still in California. Earthshot is coming to Boston, of all places. I kind of freaked out over that. I knew you'd freak out. I freaked. I like can't wait to talk about it. Um, Pippa's baby name, an op-ed from Charles Spencer, Diana's brother in the Daily Mail or Mail on Sunday. And a UK heat wave. There's a lot coming up, Roberta. But yes, how are you? How was France? I really missed you. <laughs> I missed you too. I mean, not just a UK heat wave, a European heat wave that I very much. Oh, yeah. How through. was that? <laughs> I mean, France was very hot. Paris was very hot. Um, But it was, I mean, overall, it was such a wonderful trip. I mean, I wore a lot of summer dresses. So we were in 24 hours in Paris. So it was me, my mom, and my four aunts, which was so much fun. And so I was kind of crashing this sister's trip. Um, But it it was amazing. And then we got on a Viking river cruise and went down the Rhone and saw all these beautiful towns in Provence and the Ardèche and... It was incredible. The heat was okay once we were near the water, so it was fine. But Yeah, water is the antidote, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, climate change is just so front and center in Europe right now, and it's really kind of a little depressing, but vacation is always... What was your favorite thing that you saw? My favorite thing... I. I don't know. We did a lot of wine tastings. I want to hear about yes. your California wine tasting. Well, too. I was going to say, I feel bad because the there's all these memes on the internet right now about the heat wave, except for the San Francisco Bay Area, where it has been frigid. Like, I think it's supposed to be a low of 50 tomorrow <laughs> or tonight <gasps> or something. So I've Jealous. been in sweatshirts, but I did make it to a much warmer region, which is Healdsburg, California. And a lot of Roros, thank you, DM'd me with their wine country recommendations. And I'm so grateful. But I did go solo to Flowers Winery uh in Healdsburg which I could I am in love with Healdsburg I was reading an article online that Megan penned in 2012 for today where she said she's a really huge fan of this Pinot Noir at this winery I don't know that she's actually been there but I was like done I'm there I paid the like 80 bucks I think to go and it was incredible. I had the best time, I think, also just being there by myself. You know, like when you get that self-care solo time? Yes. I did like a photo shoot, which was very embarrassing. The photos <laughs> were so like, good. And I was like, how did you take these by yourself? Did you have someone taking them? You looked amazing. No, I just was like, the the more I sipped, the more creative I got. Does that make sense? <laughs> Wait, so she wrote about it for the TIG? Like the Today Show. Yeah, she wrote an op-ed or something. or 2012. 
Oh, 2012. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she penned an, an article with her foodie Rex when she was very much, you know, still an actress doing the TIG and all that stuff. So, so funny. And I can't really cool. got to go. That's awesome. It was my favorite part of the trip, I think, so far. Did you love the Pinot Noir that she wrote, wrote about? I loved it. Loved it. If anyone from Flowers Winery is listening, please send to me because I think it was like <laughs> ni- 90 bucks a bottle. But I also really like their rosé. Anyways, I would love to go back. I didn't mean to rant, but I really loved it. It was such a treat. So that's so much fun. Let's keep going, though. Okay. All right. (laughs) Next up, we have our listener email. This is a lovely letter from Shane, and we're a little late on reading it. But thank you so much for sending. He wrote, Dear Rachel and Roberta, greetings from the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. On the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam First Nation. My name is Shane, and I've recently become a big fan of Royally Obsessed. It was my friend Tate who recommended the pod, and I'm so glad she did. Though she is rather far away from me right now, she's in the interior of the province. We write letters to each other and always mention the royals. I'd like to thank you both for producing brilliant content each week. Your podcast and discussions are lighthearted and funny, but also emphatically nuanced and multifaceted. I really appreciate your thoughts opinions and guests on the show it's always a joy to hear your pod each week so thank you oh that's Shane, so the nice sweetest no and he also goes on to write that his love of the royals goes hand in hand with his appreciation for the monarch's role in canada he wrote a paper about the queen and their the views of canadians on the queen and this was such a lovely letter he sent pictures with it as well his friend's graduation he held up a picture of the queen for some of those portraits so Really sweet. Thank you, Shane. That's so nice. And I think it really kind of underscores the gap I felt last week. And I'm also laughing, Roberta, because we totally just forgot to mention our royal refreshment. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We just skipped right over it. We are sipping something. What are you sipping? And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. My royal refreshment is water because I gained four pounds on vacation. (laughs) We've been drinking a lot of wine, both of us. (laughs) Not even just wine. I had well, I had wine at lunch and dinner almost every day on the cruise. It was an eight day river cruise. But also every meal was a three course meal. I don't know if anyone who's listening has been on a Viking river cruise. I have a lot of thoughts, like both good and bad. It was great in some ways and not so great in the others. But holy moly, the food. I ate so much food, Rachel. So I'm just trying to detox right now. I hope that's not a bummer. Yeah, but we've we were we're drinking all the wine, so that's our royal refreshment. <laughs> we are going to talk about royal history, though, while we sip our water. <laughs> Sorry, yes. guys. Flashing back, this week marks 41 years since Princess Diana wed Prince Charles on July 29th, 1981. We know the details. They got married at St. Paul's Cathedral, a global audience of 750 million. 3,500 guests were there in person. I think the slip-ups are kind of the more fun things to talk about always, Roberta, like the fact that Diana kind of switched the name of Charles in her vows, calling him Philip Charles Arthur George instead of Charles Philip. The perfume spill. That's one of our favorites, right, Roberta? Yes. (laughs) And I'm still always so grossed out about how many people confirmed her virginal status in those, even in TV interviews ahead of the big day. Um, I rewatched it, but I also rewatched the interview that happened the night before the wedding uh, on July 28th, 1981. And I feel like that is actually 
more telling, more fascinating. And of course, hindsight is easy. But I, um, you know, I think the bigger takeaway that I have from that is just how different they come across. You know, Charles is so formal and awkward a little bit and cerebral and Diana is really disarming and has so much candor and humility. I, Mm -hmm. again, it's hindsight, but they just don't seem like a match when you watch it 20, no, 41 years later. Also, I wanted to play this quote about the media glare, which again, this was recorded in 1981. So this is pre-internet days, pre-social media, all of that. Let's hit the clip. I think everyone would agree when you make your vows, Mm. that's the most solemn, the most precious and, and a very personal moment. Is it going to be that for you, even though you know the eyes of the world are watching you at that very important moment? Well, I hope so, yes. I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about uh, Diana, but, but I'm more used to it, I think, probably now, you know, knowing for years that the camera's poking at you from every quarter and recording every twitch you make. So you can get used to a certain extent, and on those occasions you accept that that's part of it. I think if you don't try to work out in your own mind some kind of method for existing and surviving this kind of thing, you you would go mad, I think. Mm. And so in the end you do get used to it, but I don't know, do you find that after the last six months you're beginning to get used to it? Just. Mm. It is, I suppose, one of the most important things you're going to have to adjust to, really, isn't it? Of course, yes. Mm. And Prince Charles has been a great help to you in that point, oh, tower of strength. Gracious. <laughs> I have to say that because you're sitting there. (laughs) I just think it's fascinating again because that was pre-internet and just to hear the pressure that they were under and... He kind of goes on and on and on and he like, it's almost like he loves to hear himself talk in that moment. That's right. Yeah, like I think there's just that disconnect that comes across. They just don't seem like a match to me and I think that it's fascinating to replay that interview and definitely rewatch the wedding. I feel like the arrivals alone are fascinating with like Margaret Thatcher and Nancy Reagan, who just looks stunning. Well, we need to plug quickly our Royal Trivia book because we have some really great anecdotes about that day. And um, if you haven't already gotten your copy, you can get it anywhere books are sold. Royal Trivia by Rachel and I. Anyways, there's some updates about Diana, too. What's going on there? Yeah, so this actually was pretty gripping to follow along last week. We had Tiggy Leg Burke, who was the nanny to William and Harry um, in their early years. She told the High Court in London that everything that played out with that panorama interview with Martin Bashir haunted the royal family and how she was really devastated that she had to sue for defamation in order to receive recognition of the harm that was caused. And that harm is, if you remember, that Bashir faked an abortion receipt claiming there was a love affair happening between Tiggy and Charles and showed Diana. And Diana completely believed the truth behind that. So the BBC, in light of that, in light of those proceedings in the high court, issued a statement that they will never air the Panorama interview program again with Diana or license it. They'll only use it in like very judiciously as part of this historical record if it's needed, maybe snippets. I'm not quite sure what that means, Roberta, if they say they'll only use snippets. I thought I saw snippets for journalistic purposes, which I thought that was maybe... 
I guess to illustrate a, you know, if there's a BBC story about something related to Diana that they would need a clip from it. Um, it's, it is a shame that it'll never air in full again, because I think you and I have gone, you know, talked extensively about how we believe that even though she was coerced into giving this interview, what she said was, you know, completely of her own will. And she stands by those feelings and thoughts that she had in the moment. I think to discredit that is doing a huge disservice to Diana. Um, But Char, I mean, her brother, Charles Spencer now has an op-ed and it kind of, to me, in my mind, conveniently after the fact that the BBC paid out a quarter of a million dollars in damages to Tiggy, that he comes forward and says that he was very damaged by this interview as well. I don't know. I'm like a little suspicious of the timing of this. But I thought it was fascinating to see how much he was groomed and that he really told Diana after meeting with Martin, bringing Diana into the fold, that she, you know, he had three weeks of being pressured and shown all these documents. He brought them to Diana. And then when they all sat down, he was like, this, there's discrepancies here. This isn't adding up. And Diana, it sounded like, wasn't going to do it. But then he found out a few weeks later that the interview was in the can. So I just think that that's really fascinating his just guilt that he must feel Mm -hmm. and he also alludes to the fact that there's even more deceit to reveal he even draws like a direct line from her death to this interview which i think for a lot of people that feels like a stretch only because i mean i know that she got rid of her uk protection officers after um some seeing some of the things that martin Bashir showed her to coerce her into the interview mm-hmm. she was really paranoid and then only in paris relied on dodi alfayed's security team but he completely has this direct line between the death of his sister and the panorama interview so it's really it's a jaw-dropping op-ed i would say yeah, I really recommend reading it. I, of course, it's in the mail on Sunday. I don't want to give them the clips, but it is a really good um, piece. I do think just I was trying to I was doing so much reflecting on Martin Bashir and what the ramifications of that panorama interview were. And I I almost feel, you know, we cannot say what could have been in so many levels, but it does feel to me like it was Diana's sliding doors moment. Have you seen that Gwyneth Paltrow movie, Roberta? No, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. You need to watch it. It is so good. Um, What's the sliding doors moment? Basically, she misses the train. She's taking a subway and the train doors close or they open and it goes through how her life went differently based on each choice. Like it's like if she made the train, here's how her day would go if Mm -hmm, she didn't make the mm -hmm. train. And I feel like the panorama interview really feels like that to me because it's more that question of what would have been if it didn't take place. We know that Diana penned a note that she had no regrets. And I feel that she had super so much clarity of mind. The truth is the truth. She bared all. Exactly. But I just think, it, you know, Charles had this line that he said she may well have chosen to grant the media an interview anyway. And if she had, I'd have fully supported her. But the agonizing lies that she was told by the BBC before their cameras finally rolled ensured that she came into that panorama interview with a very skewed and false view of the situation she was in, having been lied to repeatedly. This led to her speaking in a way that set her on a course where she was without due protection when she needed it most. So again, this was a very pivotal moment. So it's fascinating to see what continues to be revealed about it. Yeah. One other wedding anniversary, because that was July 29th, July 30th, 2011, fast forward a few decades, is Mike and Zara Tyndall. So just wanted to shout that out for our history section. Happy Annie, guys. That's cool. 
before we get into the few things that we missed while we were both on our vacation. So quick reactions. First up, Prince George's birthday picks. What did you think, Rachel? I mean, adorable. What was your thought? Who did he look the most like? I so I mean, I'm just like thinking of Charles Spencer because of the op-ed, but I really see a lot of Charles Spencer. Oh. And it's almost the strawberry blonde hair because doesn't his hair look different than it did at Wimbledon? It's very different. Oh, absolutely. And I also now I feel like because of the Camilla birthday photos with Kate shooting them, I now have this like I can almost see the mom taking them now. I can see yeah. her um, and just his joy. I mean, that is a huge smile. I really thought they were very sweet. And it feels like he's on the precipice of maybe a lot of big life changes. I mean, they've now taken the kids to actual royal engagements. He's been to Wimbledon. He went to football games with his parents. George had a trial day, I think, at Ladbrokes or Lambrooks, that school. Um, they're going to move to Windsor. It sounds like that's a done deal. So, you know, there's this kind of bridge from young innocence to maybe moving on into a more visible role. And so that's kind of exciting and yeah. also scary, probably very scary. Very He's scary. He's still so young, so I don't know. But like no, no more little suit jackets on a hot 100 degree day. Yeah, please. I was actually thinking of you, how happy you must have been to see him just in like a casual tee and like a little polo. He looks I love so that cute. color. That's my favorite color. That like soft blue. Oh, same. Rachel, tell me about Earthshot. Are you are we both going to Boston? Tell me. I mean, okay, I freaked out. So I was off off and you were off off last week. And I just totally had my money on California. Did you like what were if you could pie in the sky? Like, where did you think they were going to have it? I think we said we both said California in a previous episode. But I also think Maybe that's just it's too close to the Sussexes now. I mean, in hindsight, it just makes sense that they wouldn't do California. So and that's a long flight for them. Boston's so much easier. So Boston is the location. It does make sense. The JFK Library Foundation is there. We know that this was Earthshot was based on JFK's moonshot. Um, I Does everyone know that you are from Boston? That's why we're freaking out. Boston is my home. What's the song? Um, but JFK Library, quick plug, is gorgeous. It's one I've been there a few times. It is one of the best you know, it's a library, but museum kind of experiences that I've ever done. The Red Sox involvement in that clip, like I have so many questions and I have put feelers out to friends to get some inside scoop. Roberta, I am hoping that we are attending this event, but this is I'm, I'm putting it out into the ether. We are going to be there. <laughs> I'm I think we need to go December 2022. We're there. We're booking it. Yes, it's going to happen. Don't worry. Um, I'm on it. We are I'm I'm talking all my contacts. But so um, I did get this DM from a Roro. And like I said, I was really trying to log off. And I actually, um, to share my royally obsessed brain for a second, I had to write myself a note in my phone and said, Rachel, Earthshot news is very exciting, <laughs> but you can think about it and get excited about it next week because it was, 
I couldn't think about other things. I just wanted to be on my phone. So I put a pin in it, but I got this DM that I replied to that said from Pixie Pie. She said, okay, former Bostonian and now Granite Seder, how do we get a glimpse of the royal couple at Earthshot in Boston this December? Does this type of event have general admission? Should we plan to sleep in the cold streets the night before? Will it be broadcast? So many questions. If none of those options work, I'm not a good street sleeper. How about a Boston Row Row meetup similar to your New York City event during the Jubilee? Yes. Just throwing it out there. So people in Boston are pumped. Okay, we're planning an event. I, I'm just going to say it now. It's, I'm manifesting it. It's going to happen. Last but not least, we have a baby name for Pippa Middleton and James Matthews. It's Rose. What do you think of the name? I mean, such a sweet name. And I love it in combination with Arthur and Grace. I know. I immediately thought Tudor Rose, like Royal Connection. I think there was some stories about that. But then also weirdly, like this rumored kind of, uh, you know, more than friendship Rose Hanbury. That's kind of weird. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Who knows? Very classic names. I thought I saw a lot of headlines comparing it like the tie to the Sussexes because Lilibet, it's <gasps> Lily oh. has a flower name, too. I was like, this is we're stretching it, guys. <laughs> We're, we're, we are pulling at strings. Okay, I quickly want to hear about Meghan and Harry in NYC. There wasn't that that much. I thought there would be so much more fashion. Tell me what happened, Rachel. What did I miss? So I was pretty pumped about the fashion we got. I think um, the big thing that happened first, you know, I'm super mad that we were out of town. I feel like Romney and I were DMing about it and she was like trying to get you know, assigned there. She wasn't, I don't think this time, but the biggest moments were, of course, the UN speech. They arrived holding hands. Megan was wearing that Givenchy skirt and top. It was a repeat. She wore it in a different color in green in Ireland in 2018. This time it was in black. She had that pinky ring from Chiffon Co. promising women's empowerment, promoting that. The power pony, Roberto. I mean, that was what stood out immediately. And Romney said, this is when we posted our pictures on Royally Obsessed, I saw her comment. She said, this is a slick ponytail appreciation post and I am here for it. <laughs> yes, same. I also think it's so much easier when it's hot out and when you're traveling to just throw up your hair. There's a lot that they're probably coordinating behind the scenes. And so not thinking about like a full big hairdo down, whatever, is just a lot easier. Yeah. And I think for me, most of all, with this arrival at the UN, I just love the contrast between Megan, the California girl, because we've obviously been seeing her not official shots, but at these polo matches. And this was Megan, the power of New Yorker in town on business, which is relatable for me because, you know, you and I obviously work from home, right? We, I get super excited when I get to dress up and go into the city and she just looks sharp. She looked incredible. Megan, the working girl. We also had that amazing jumpsuit, black and white. And we have to discuss is it a tribute to Kate? Is it a call out? Like, what is it? Yeah, so she wore it to La Conda Verde, which is Robert De Niro's re- restaurant in Tribeca. Have you ever been, by the way? I've been three times. I freaking love that I've restaurant. I've been once. I've been once and it is very fun. It's very swanky. The pasta is next level. It's really, mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. That's um, what I had. And the steak, too. So this is my thing. I don't know why my mind, when I see that black and white combo, it is not at all a match, but I immediately always go to Julia Roberts when she won the Oscar for Aaron Brockovich. She wore something that was very similar. And that's where I always, my brain goes when I see that stark black and white combo. What did you think? I mean, I feel like people are like up in arms that she's stealing from Kate's style. I wholeheartedly disagree. Inspiration is everywhere. And so many royal women have worn similar attire. 
I do think she couldn't have worn it without knowing the comparisons that would be drawn. Yes. I mean, I know that. Good point. She, I'm sure she saw pictures of Kate at the Top Gun premiere. So I know that she knows that that is definitely what people are going to go to. My thought and my hope, and, you know, of course, we are both optimists, is that it is an olive branch. And it, I or an homage. Yeah. I know that we always think the brothers are like healing behind the scenes. And then it turns out that there's like just no shot that that ever happened. But I really hope that it is an homage. And this is kind of when they announced the Earthshot news, right? Around the time they were in New York. Yeah. And P- that was a little I think people were questioning that timing. But I just think that nothing is synced up. I mean, I am an optimist about mm-hmm. this stuff. I just don't think it's that calculated. But maybe is yeah. that... Is that two glass half full, whatever? I don't know about their relationship. What about the um, like the culottes kind of look? Because that is so hard to pull off. The shorts oh, yes. and the shirt. So this was at the Crosby Hotel. Megan appeared exiting a lunch with Gloria Steinem, who also looks phenomenal. 88 years holding old. Holding hands again. Holding hands. Adorable. Um she nailed it. And there were a lot of Boy Scout comparisons for that one. <laughs> I like that a lot. I, I do love it. And I like the clutches. I like, um, you know, again, the pon- the low ponytail with the middle part. The Crosby Street Hotel, Rachel, I mean, Insider Roros, we almost had our event at the Crosby Street Hotel, the one that we eventually had at Queen's Yard. We love the Crosby Street Hotel. It's such a, and, and it is very British inside. And so I, I love that she chose that for their lunch meeting spot. We clearly have our finger on the pulse, just like Megan. I just would love to know what they were talking about to be within earshot of that table. I mean, saving the world. What is what is coming next from Gloria and Megan? I also thought Harry's speech, like the main point of this trip was that speech at UN and how moving it was that he has a picture of Diana and Nelson Mandela on his wall. The picture when reading what he said about it and seeing the picture in a lot of the news stories made me teary eyed because it was very sweet. And she is she has this like cheeky look in her eyes and Diana, um, and right? He, yeah, Diana. And then um the soulmate reference to Megan and and how Africa means so much to Harry was just very sweet. It was touching. It was a great speech. Yeah, let's play that clip when he said that about Megan. Since I first visited Africa at 13 years old, I've always found hope on the continent. In fact, for most of my life, it has been my lifeline, a place where I've found peace and healing time and time again. It's where I felt closest to my mother and sought solace after she died and where I knew I had found a soulmate in my wife. And it's where so much of my work is, is why my work is based there. Oh, a little bit of nerves there, though. Yeah, I know. But he's such a wonderful speaker. I think watching him, that whole entire speech, another one that everyone should listen to in full, is it's really compelling. And one last bit of Sussex news, the memoir update. Harry's memoir is due out in... It's looking like December. It's looking like it'll be on the Christmas bestseller list. A lot of hearsay. It's not confirmed, but there are a lot of reports this week that that it's saying that the book is finally finished. The legal all clear has been um, given ahead of the biggest day in the publishing calendar. So, jeez, yeah. 
What's the legal all clear? Like they're like they're legal. Well, they probably have to fact check it. Like I think with all these books, you have to kind of just go through and like, yeah, we had to do it, right? (laughs) (laughs) True. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. My low is just that new pictures of Andrew surfaced over the weekend. He's looking so happy, so giddy. He's riding horses in Windsor. I don't know if you saw the Elon Musk. This like kind of oh, yes, somehow service to the top of my feet. Like I, I wasn't on Instagram, but this was in my email. Something from um, Elon Musk vacation and those pictures gross. And these are even worse if you can believe it. I just feel so concerned. It's disgusting. Um, and yeah, I think that it's weird that he's looking so happy when all this movie news about the Scoop book is coming to light. And I just have to wonder, is he secretly kind of excited? to be like in the spotlight a little bit given the Hollywood treatment yeah it freaks me out it's because it's for the worst reason did you see from our from last week we mentioned Hugh Grant but Hugh Grant is denying that he's even heard that he's a candidate for this movie but that's probably what they say I still think he's a run runner so same because someone I think Laney Gossip wrote he's in his villain era so this would be so perfect for him and I totally agree and he's defended Harry and Meghan. So I think that this is interesting. My low is the Tom Bauer book. It's called Revenge. I don't even, I actually don't even want to say the headline. I just am really disturbed by it, but on one particular aspect of it, which is that I was scrolling through just all the headlines about the royals, right? And so many of them put these falsehoods in the headline. So it's like, Meghan researched Harry's weaknesses. The Queen authorized the seating snub. Camilla was the royal racist. Then it's just colon report. And I remember way back at Pure Wow, we wrote the story about headlining. How often do people just read the headline, right? Mm -hmm. So if you just see report and then you don't read it and you don't have the wherewithal to be like, okay, this guy... For example, references Omid Scobie, I think it was 25 times in the book, but calls him Omar intermittently. Like he messed. There's so many factual errors in this book. And just it's all it's all just made up. There are all of these things like where are his sources is a very frustrating thing to see that people will take that as fact, not fiction and not do their homework on it. I almost want Megan and Harry to kind of go after him because I do feel like a lot, a lot of this stuff is completely wrong. Just like the fact that Megan really wanted to be on the cover of Vogue when she guest edited, but they told her no. That's so false. And she did such an incredible job picking those people for the forces of change issue. The fact that it was one of the things is like on the Australia tour, Megan and Harry turn on their phones in the morning to read the news. I was like, okay, first of all, Tom. No one just turns their phone on in the morning, right? It's always on. Like, what are you talking about? Like, do you do you even have a phone? Like, it's, it's just, just it's very upsetting. And of course, there's another telling of the dress saga. Like, come on. Like, I just I'm very upset about this book. All right, highs. My high is this Megan fashion that we got to see during what is pretty much a quiet time for the other royals. They're on summer holiday. The queen is at Balmoral. Um, so the Bottega Veneta clutch, love. The Colt Gaia clutch. I mean, it's clutch season. I'm, I guess I have to get rid of all the mini bags I just got because <laughs> I need more clutches. And also I love seeing Megan's nail polish choices. There's the dark red on her toes. It's like a deep berry um, and then a light pink on her fingers. So it's just, it's fun to uh, see her 
you know, dress up again. Oh, gosh, I know. And I also just with those shorts, we talked about the button down. I, I just love the the appeal of just a crisp button down, white button down. What's your high this week? Okay, it's totally out of left field. But the, did you see the images of the Buckingham Palace guards being given water by security officers because yes. they are still dressed in this 100 degree weather in their uniform and bearskins outside of the palace? And I'm just I'm very relieved that people are helping them stay hydrated, Roberta, because I am concerned and I wish they had like a summer outfit. The reason I've seen this is because you included this link. So I just clicked on it. And it's so funny to see someone pouring water into their mouths while they're because still they can't maintaining break formation. <laughs> I know it's really impressive and more power to them. This is really a funny moment. Okay, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. We love, love, love if you could hit five stars on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to us. I hope you really enjoyed that episode last week with Sharon Carpenter. We enjoyed recording it. it was so much fun to have her on remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never ever miss an episode again follow us on instagram at royally obsessed podcast and till next week rachel god, god save, save the, the pod, pod. <laughs> so good to say that again with you i love it <laughs> her majesties of royally obsessed have retired for this episode God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.